Hi. Welcome back to In at the End. I'm Alex. I'm Val. And we're going to talk about Nobody Knows Anything. Episode 11. 11. That was good at the same time. Um, So as usual on this podcast, we just finished mid-afternoon on a Saturday Mm -hmm. watching an episode of The Sopranos. Pretty luxurious. Um, Because, you know, this is what we like to do in our spare time together. And yeah, we took some notes. We're going to talk about it. I I was keeping secrets from Alex prior to this episode about things I wanted to talk about. Mm. Secrets. That's good. That's good for this episode where they talk so much Mm -hmm. about secrets. Mm -hmm. So yeah, nobody knows anything. I think that's kind of the theme of Sopranos. Perhaps. Um... Yeah, where do you... <laughs> what do you want to... You've got this. You're the one with all these big I'm, secrets. I'm the one with secrets. Well, I don't want to start with my big secret. <laughs> big secrets? Oh, my God. Um, but let's talk about... Let's talk about... Well, I want to talk about manipulation. Okay. Like, multiple people manipulating each other and how you even know that you're being manipulated by somebody. Okay. Or if you do. I want to talk about the title because it comes up quite a bit. And again, I think that is bit. kind of like a larger... Um, thing. The thing I really want to talk about is Ben McKazian. You know yeah. already he's one of my favorite characters and I think his arc is really beautiful. And perhaps finalized as of this episode. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we still see, you know, some little Ben McKazian leftovers pop up like yeah. with the pussy stuff going forward. But yeah, I, I want to talk about that. Pretty incredible, actually, how fully flushed of a character the show can have with relatively little screen time. Yeah. So, well, I'll talk about it after. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you my secret about my Vin McKazian after. Um, I want to talk about Meadows' butterfly clips. Okay. That seems like an excellent <laughs> ground for conversation. I'm sure I we can go is. quite far with that. There's a lot to say. What do they represent? Well, what I'll color t- I'll are they? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then kind of there's some, like, little thoughts after yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I think that kind of covers it for me. Is there something else that Definitely. you want to... I feel like ambiguity is a central question of this mm-hmm. episode. Well, I think that goes with the title, right? It does like, go nobody with the knows title. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And we do hear that line coming up multiple times in the episode. And yeah. I think that's a very central part of this episode in particular. And yeah. obviously the show. So maybe let's start there. Okay. So ambiguity, nobody knows anything... Well, it. we have the first time we hear nobody knows anything is when it when it comes a, to back when it pain. comes to backs nobody really knows anything. Yeah, nobody knows anything. And it's really. interesting actually because that immediately edits to the therapy session where there's a talk about secrets, and then there's this super close up on Tony's face, which is interesting because there's also a super close or not a, as much of a super close up, but a close up on Polly's face when he mentions that line of nobody really knows anything. And if I know anything, it's that if we hear a line in this show that's referenced in the title, there's definitely some importance there. Yeah, it was even actually more clear <laughs> than that. You said it was nobody really knows anything. It was actually nobody knows anything, really. Okay. So it was like actually the clip of the title. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then we also hear it near the end where Tony's yelling again I at can't Polly. find pussy anywhere. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. Well, nobody knows anything. And the really interesting thing about that, too, in the topic of ambiguity for me is how much Tony needs clarity in his life. In fact, right before that, in that final scene, he starts yelling at Polly and he says, did you do it? No. Did you do it? No. Mm -hmm. 
pushes him against a fridge, yells, did Don't you do you it? Don't you lie to me. Did you do it? No. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's like, wow, that's a lot of times you needed yeah. to ask that question. And I think also we have earlier in the episode where Tony's talking about outside, it's the 1990s. Perhaps a great segue into your butterfly clip. That's for later. <laughs> yeah. Outside, it's the 1990s. Here, it's 1954. Tony's somebody who really struggles with this and in his home environment and in that scene and near the end, he requires clarity in these kind of complex situations. Yeah. Well, we have a great um, a great kind of indicator of that when Tony is by himself smoking cigarettes. That's and huge. Trying, and they're trying to figure, like, he first tells Pussy that it's, or sorry, he first tells Polly that it's Pussy who's wearing a wire. And Pussy asks him, like, how sure are you? Yeah. And he says 90%. Right. Right, and then he says we need to be a hundred and ten percent sure. Yeah. Right. So it's like. Well, which also, how could he even be ninety percent sure? It seems like he's really struggling to get. He's in a race to get to that hundred percent. Yeah. For somebody who sees things in such black and white terms, he needs to either be at zero or a hundred percent. Yeah, but I like that he. That chose middle ground is very difficult for him. And hundred and ten, right? Like. Yeah. I thought that right. was an interesting It's one. very interesting. Also, actually, when he's talking to the madam about Vin McKazian, that shot starts on a white statue, which we were talking about a ton. <laughs> How did we get to white statues all of a because sudden? Because we were talking about this in the last, I think it was the last episode, <laughs> in the black, maybe it was two episodes ago, but the black and white color scheme about these decisions that need to be made where he was talking to Artie. Right. Um, and we have a focus on a lot of uh, colors, black and white. And we have, they're in the garden near the end. Mm -hmm. Where Artie's saying that he can't go and kill the soccer coach, mm -hmm. that they can't do it, and the shot is left with them kind of like, or him wrestling with this conflict and this ambiguity of how to deal with an issue of this <laughs> white statue, also the white statue versus the black hat in the restaurant. I know, but how did we get to this color conversation here? We're getting to this conversation because <laughs> it's reflecting the need for certainty that Tony has. Okay. Even when he's reflecting on Vin McKazian, he's thrown into this mix-up over Pussy, and he requires an absolute white or an absolute black answer. Yeah, totally. There's an absence of nuance and an accent... Uh, and an absence of complexity in terms mm -hmm. of what can exist in these situations. It needs to either be 100% or 0%. Or yeah. <laughs> 100% or 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, I think Tony is like a master of that kind of ambiguity, though. Even though he requires it, like he really requires this like black and white um, conceptualization of people generally, right? Like he needs that with people's race he needs that yeah. with people's like cultural grouping and like all sorts of things but when jimmy comes to his house right jimmy gets out yeah. of jail he brings he goes down to the basement with him tony actually gives the most ambiguous answers right like he just like doesn't answer That's any right. of jimmy's questions well he knows how to engage in that yeah and that kind of goes into the manipulation thing yeah. that I, we want to talk That's about where a little he's bit comfortable. later but Once he knows what to do, he knows how to manipulate those yeah. situations perfectly. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting part of it. The other thing about kind of the, maybe it's not really quite the ambiguity, but it definitely is this sense of uncertainty. Tony talks about this impending sense of doom with mm -hmm. Melfi, like right after it cuts from that scene into the therapist's office, right? The first thing he talks about is this impending sense of doom, like he's looking for a sink to drop on his head or something like mm. that. And so it kind of is always this sense of like not knowing what's coming and but fe feeling this sense of dread that yeah. like of what's going to be around the corner, right? So you're always kind of on the cusp of 
these like huge emotional reactions, for example, right, to like just hearing one piece of information, although it's an important piece of information, like him pinning Polly up against the fridge. Yeah was not really necessary. No. There's nothing Especially Paul, since you know, he'd already got the answer twice. He'd already got the answer, right? <laughs> Pretty simple. So, but that, that is kind of that sense of like, you never know where it's going to come from. And in this episode as well, we have it first it's Pussy and then it's Jimmy, right? I think, Yeah. I mean, I think I know at this point that Pussy is also wired. But I think... We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think we're allowed to talk about things that happen in the future in this... In this with, podcast? Maybe with the shade of <laughs> uncertainty, like everything in this show. <laughs> you want to shade everything with uncertainty? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I don't think that takes away from the fact that pussy may be wired. N- well, it but does in, for but Tony. In, but in their mind, it does, yeah. It does. Yeah. Right, but all those questions that they were asking, have they disappeared? About pussy in particular. I don't, They've I don't think so, because no, be, but like it, the episode leaves it there, right? So when they are talking, like, so they're like, it's Jimmy, Jimmy's the rat, it's right? It's Jimmy, yeah. And then they're like, well, when did you last see pussy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Oh, did he take the schwitz? Yeah. And Polly's like, no, he refused to. He kept his clothes on. And they all kind of like look at each other. That's like, right. Like Tony has this look on his face that like... It's not gone. And we know that it's no. never it's never going to be, and again, spoiler, it's never going to be gone from Tony's subconscious as we venture even into the next season. And yet he seems to be excited about having cracked this or figured it yeah, out. Yeah, totally. And in a way, that conundrum has seems to be sort of solved for him. And we can talk with the benefit of hindsight of seeing the show lots of times. Where the show goes from here, he seems to have kind of solved that problem. Yeah, but I think, like I said, like it's implanted in his subconscious and that that definitely impacts him going forward. It does. Yeah. It's interesting actually because when Polly is with Pussy at the sauna, his I think his last line to him is, Why don't you want to take them off? And then he gets that basically fuck you response. Yeah. But there's definitely no closure to no. that to that question. And, and we're pu- left and with Pussy's that. And Pussy's good at manipulating, well, if he is in fact wired, <laughs> Pussy's extremely good at manipulating both Tony and Polly, right? Like when Tony comes to his house mm-hmm. and he's sitting there on the chair, right? He like deflects the attention to different things, right? He has these excuses all right on the tip of his tongue, right? Yeah. Like my doctor says. It's actually, yeah, you know, I mean, it's extremely and it's believable. it's plausible and believable. I just have a note in that scene where Tony comes to see yeah. Pussy and he's sitting in that chair. There's actually, he's like sitting on a heating blanket or something mm-hmm. like that, but there's actually like a wire coming from his body. No where, way. Where he's sitting. Yeah, it's like wow. the wire of the heating blanket. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> um, and then also in the scene where um, Tony's talking to um, Silvio mm-hmm. outside the Bing, um, there's these really clear like wires in the background, these electrical well, wires. Well, that's an interesting shot too, because actually as they frame it, it kind of comes from being in the parking lot to actually kind of flipping around. And at the end, you see Tony from a completely different angle where now it's looking at Tony, behind him is the highway, and behind that is just a row of greenery. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're really meant to be left with him contemplating these kind of like large questions of him dealing with the mortality of other people. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, greenery kind of representing mortality. In fact, even in this episode, water and greenery with mm-hmm. Vin McKazian in mm-hmm. the very beginning, kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen. And we've seen that kind of symbol language kind of set up, especially in college and a lot of episodes yeah. to this point. We see Tony wrestling with these huge 
problems and these huge ideas that he needs to figure out. Yeah, there's another shot of greenery that really stood out to me. And I think it goes back to kind of our idea that nature kind of represents these areas that Tony doesn't have control over yeah. in some way. Um, so there's this really like almost too long shot of their house. And you see how isolated their house is. Like, it's yeah. a long shot. I, I didn't count how many seconds, but it's this long shot of their house kind of nestled in this natural environment, right? And, like, yeah. his house is an area he has domain over. After that shot, it goes into that conversation where he says, outside it's 1990, but in here it's yeah. 1954, right? Yeah. So it, like, kind of highlights that right. he does have control over what goes on, to some extent, right. what goes on in his home, but it's surrounded by right. these realities and these ambiguities yeah. and you know like do you talk about sex with your children or whatever it might be also yeah. that's where meadows butterfly clips do come in mm -hmm. nature wow I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know butterfly clips were so all the rage in 1999 so yeah. <laughs> butterfly clips the yeah. ultimate metaphor also in that scene on the news they're talking about how um, the cop that got busted in this raid right which has been McKayzian and as they're saying, he's on administrative leave. Cop on administrative leave. AJ is drinking orange, orange juice. juice. That's right. I, I mean, and I caught that. Alex had to go back and look yeah. at it to make sure. Wow. But Talk about secrets. Was that your big secret? Letting that was know my that. big secret. <laughs> that you think you pay attention to color yeah. and orange juice. <laughs> but that's also another, we have the godfather horn that Polly has. That's another yeah. appropriation of symbology yeah <laughs> taking the orange juice and i would recommend if you're looking if you're watching the show well for any time really but look out for orange juice in this season mm -hmm. because there's some episodes coming up where we might be seeing some more oranges all right foreshadowing some yeah. things spoiler spoiler you're gonna oranges. see some oranges yeah. <laughs> um so i want to talk about vin mccasian okay he and i've said this in past episodes like He's one of actually my favorite characters in the series, mm -hmm. and he's only in it for a very short time. Well, you can tell me because you found this YouTube channel. Okay, yeah, I'm going to tell you. Oh, is that your big secret? <laughs> it's not my big <laughs> secret, but let me tell my truth. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so there's, I should have looked up his name on YouTube. I'll post it in the links in our show if you're interested in this. Um, but there is this YouTube channel where somebody has pieced together like all the scenes in which certain characters are in. It hasn't done all of them. And like for, there's some characters that that would just be super long. But he has done, pulled together all the clips of Vin McKazian. And I think his total screen time is something like 24 minutes. And I don't know how many minutes there's yeah. been of the first season so far, like up until this point. Right. But... It's not a ton of time, right? We don't spend a ton of time. I mean, it's significant. We're on episode 11, so... Maybe it's not even that much. Maybe yeah. it's like 17. I don't know. Like, it was... I should look it up. And yeah. again, I'll update this with the right information. But I always knew I loved the character of Inmacazian. Yeah. And I always thought about his arc in this kind of simplistic way. Like, it's kind of this guy's descent to death, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost in some... like. From one perspective, it's this like straight down arc, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. not like that he, not that he really started anywhere great, but yeah. you know, like, so it's this guy. But that's the fascinating of... thing about the show is that it starts people on an arc that's in a place that we're not comfortable with or used to. I yeah. mean, that idea of something starting so low and just yeah. descending out of a graph. But the thing about <laughs> this episode is that you actually get some pieces of Vin 
that fill in some of the other parts of his arc. And so he tells Tony that story when they're both at the bordello or whatever they keep calling it in this episode, a whorehouse, as Meadow says. And Vin is telling Tony for kind of a strange, I don't really know what the reason behind him telling Tony this story is about how when he was a kid, his dad used to abuse his mom. And to deal with that, he would go and hide under his bed and go to sleep there and then wake up like everything was normal. And so that gives you some of Vin's backstory. We hear also a little bit of Vin's backstory. Like we don't, like we know that somehow he got in with gambling, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He talks about how Tony has this ability to sum up a man's whole life in a sentence, which is this like also this very black and white view, right? And maybe that's how Vin views himself as a degenerate gambler with a badge, right? That's what Tony calls him. He says you can sum up his whole life. But that misses out on this other part. Vin McKazian was a child who lived through abuse, right? Right. And then post his death, right, then he does, we'll talk about his death scene in a moment, I'm sure. But then post his death, we get this insight into who he was as a man from the madam of this bordello. And she says he helped her, he like helped her out of more than just legal issues that they had this very intimate relationship where they would discuss kind of both of their um, problems and internal struggles, right? Like really like akin to therapy. And she makes that connection to therapy. Who wouldn't Um, want to sleep with their therapist? Who wouldn't want to sleep with their therapist? But he clearly actually like really respected her and trusted her. And she then discloses to Tony that he actually really respected and trusted Tony. Well, that's a really interesting line. At least with Tony Soprano, you know where you stand. Yeah, and that black and white kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, you either know or you don't know. In some senses, like, we know that Tony really didn't respect Vin McKazian, right? Yeah. Like, And he wasn't always... Well, maybe he was clear about where Vin stood with him. He was pretty upfront with it. Yeah. But anyway, so we get these, like, other little pieces of Vin's life that we don't see on screen. Yeah. But that kind of flush out his arc into something that isn't quite necessarily this downward descent there Mm -hmm. is some he does give tony some information that was really you know really relevant to him right the other stuff he was doing for tony didn't seem like it really helped out like trailing melfi or whatever else he did right yeah beating Um, up melfi's boyfriend beating up melfi's boyfriend yeah (laughs) um but anyway so this so watching this um, YouTube channel that I mentioned that I don't know the name of, but watching it and seeing the art kind of in its entirety, they actually included that posthumous right. scene with the madam. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like that's a way more fleshed out character yeah. than even, even though I always loved him, than even I remembered him being. Yeah. And again, in this very short time, in this not even a full season of knowing him. Yeah. Well, what's fascinating too is how unempathetic Tony is during that story about him dealing with abuse and hiding underneath the yeah. bed. Tony's just rolling his eyes, falling into the bed. And actually, Vin McKayzian says at the end, you're you're a dick to the end. Yeah. And what's actually what's another interesting thing about that is that as he says that, um, he kind of walks towards a, pa- a painting, which is mm. a little bit blurred, oh. but it's kind of like a blurred landscape painting right after that line. Oh, interesting. You're a dick to the end. And then he kind of has... I guess he's kind of continuing to deal with this sort of abuse from, you know, yeah. another character close to him. Yeah. But, and then walks towards that painting, which we've come it, to see as symbolizing yeah. the afterlife. Sure. Yeah. Th- I think that's interesting, right? And we get some other references to 
um, water. Like we see him standing in front of his bridge, like that bridge that he later jumps off we of early in the episode. A symbol there, yeah. Um, Sopranos Autopsy talks a lot about bridges and death and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. So it's definitely like it hits you over the head. I mean, like every time you see Vin, he's in front of this bridge, basically, yeah. or something like it. Um, the other thing about him, I, me- I forgot to mention this in my last little yeah tangent, but. Um, we also, he, there's this kind of throwaway line where Tony's like, well, how do you know you can trust the guy who told him that information? Yeah. And he was like, he was in my wedding. He's not going to lie to me. Yeah. So you also get this sense of McKazian's history. Like he does have, or he at one point had good friends who stood up with him at his yeah. wedding. He's yeah. no longer married, you know, we, and we know that about him already too, but there was a time in Vin's life where maybe things looked a little differently. Yeah. And the, and Debbie, the madam talks about that after, like he was just really unhappy with where his life, yeah. how he turned out yeah. and where his life ended yeah. up. Um, well, that's and that's a, a really yeah. deep thing. Yeah. The interesting thing with him too, is how this theme of ambiguity creeps in because we have this scene where he starts to really open up almost like a kind of psychotherapy session where he's talking mm-hmm. about his history of abuse, his childhood to Tony. Tony's actually on a couch, completely yeah. uninterested. And reclining. And yeah. it's, it's interesting for us as viewers who are so invested in Tony's stories of dealing with his subconscious and wrestling with these topics of identity and who he is and how he's got there. And we just completely shut down on this other character. Yeah. And it's left in a place where we really don't know enough about that to have an opinion about where he comes from, what that means, how these things affected him. Mm -hmm. And we're so invested in Tony's and we're sympathetic to Tony and we listen to him and we kind of try and wrestle with why he's turned out the way he has, but we're just completely left out of it with Vin McKazian and we're left with this kind of ambiguous story that we can't fully piece together. And I think that's part of the point. Uh, def- it's de- that's why I like I think it's so compelling right because yeah. it definitely does it leaves you being like oh man I, I did I know this guy at all yeah like was what we saw of him the true Vin McKazian yeah right like was he always a total shitbag yeah. a dick till the end <laughs> <laughs> um, and I well love Tony's that. the dick to the end well yeah but you know <laughs> what I mean like like the thing, well, I think the things that characters say about each other are often reflective of who they are mm-hmm. as, you know, themselves too. But yeah, I just think it's so artfully done. And like David Chase is just the master of these kind of character, yeah. like p- playing us with these character arcs that yeah. are so ambiguous, right? Yeah. And again, like making us struggle to characterize a character as good or bad yes, or, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's the point of the show. That's I certainly feel. the point of the show. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I just lo- I mean I just love that arc. I'll miss Vin McKazian, yeah. RIP. Yeah. His death scene. Yeah. Is one of the crazy like one of it's the craziest wild. scenes. There's some scenes in this episode where I'm like really fuck, takes you who by is surprise. The, who is especially the, director? the first time you see it. This was directed by Henry Bronkste- Bronkstein. Do we see him Tiny. again? I'm not sure actually. Frank Renzoli, the writer. Frank, we, we, we probably I think we've seen him writing three episodes already yeah. this season. Yeah. But no, but some of the directing like so that scene where Vin is driving right we see him in his car it's right after he gets out of jail yeah right he has all his stuff like in an envelope that yeah. they, you know your personal artifacts he gets out he's driving in this terrible traffic across yeah. a bridge 
there's this cop who's there, right? Who like Vin's like just laying on his yeah. horn, and there's this other cop who's there who actually like treats him quite nicely. Like, oh, we have a police officer we here. Have a like, we have yeah. Oh, s go ahead, detective. Like, yeah. and treats him with a lot of respect. Yeah. Right. Um, and then so we're like, okay, he's going somewhere. Like, yeah. Whatever, he's going somewhere. He's in a rush. He's in a rush, and he, he's avoiding this traffic. And we know it's kind of suspect that he's using his badge. Of course, he's on suspension, right? Yeah. So his badge is not really right. relevant or valid or whatever the yeah. word I'm looking for. But then we see him pull uh, uh, in between these pylons, yeah. right? So there's construction going on. So he like actually pulls onto the other side of the pylons. Yeah. He's crossed over from where everyone else is. And he's crossed over to this other side where it's void, right? There's nobody there. Yeah. And so abruptly stops his car. Yeah, it all happened so fast. Gets out. It's so fast, yeah. Abruptly stops his car, gets out, puts his badge on, climbs up, and then dives yeah. headfirst into the water. Yeah. And we and I love that series of shots that we get, right? Like, we get a view, like, we see him, like, we see him from the water yeah. jumping, and then we see him from the other side of the bridge falling, yeah. right? Like, there's a view from the other side of the bridge. It's like these amazing sequence yeah. of shots. Yeah. And it's so, the first time you see it, it is, it's so yeah. shocking. But even this time, you know what? Like I knew it was coming, obviously, yeah. but it's still shocking. It is. You're still like, and they, and Tone, and she and Debbie and Tony discuss it later on. Like, and she's like, maybe that was the straw. Like, cause he was like, well, yeah. why did he yeah. do that? You know, yeah. like he could have just been suspended. Yeah. And we, we don't know. We don't know why it is that he decided that that no. was the out for him. And no. we never we never get to know that. Yeah. We, just we know like, the basics in broad strokes. We yeah. know some of the things that were happening, maybe some stressful events and situations. Yeah. That's about it. But you, you also, like, it comes very unexpected. You don't, even though you know he's in this dire situation, you're not anticipating that that's what's coming. No. No. Unless you paid attention to all the times we see him in front of bridges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if this episode doesn't truly establish that as one of the symbols they like to use, I don't know what does. And actually, it's interesting because at the very end of the episode, what do we have? We actually have a few things. We have Mikey talking about Tony. Mm-hmm. And behind him is a picture of right. a sailboat on right. water. Yeah. Right next to his face. And then there's actually a fade to a bridge with Tony in front, and that's the end of the episode. That end is also so impending doomy. Like, it sure is. There's this music playing. Yeah. It's this from the scene with Mikey. There's this fade to the scene of Tony that's we don't see used very often. No. These like fades. Yeah. And so that really like it overlaps. You know, like you see one scene fading into the yeah. other. It's very powerful. Yeah. But yeah. Then that music is playing. Yeah. You just see him standing there. Yeah. Ooh. Also, another example of the show using kind of like a book book ending yeah. kind of technique because near the beginning of the episode we have mccasian out by the water seeing a bridge oh, yeah. where and we, he's taking see aj fishing tony's taking Tony, aj fishing he was yeah mm -hmm. but that's a great scene because you see they drive down a kind of like laneway to get to the water it's so like they're a getting it's as, like a boat launch a boat launch yes yeah. yeah. so they're getting as far away kind of from the land as possible yeah and that shot of vin mccasian standing at the end of it looking out at the water yeah. i recommend when you're watching this show if Somebody is out looking at water and there's a lot of water and the the <laughs> composition of the frame is essentially all water with a person yeah. in one of the lower extremities yeah. looking out over it in contemplation. There's probably something bad about to happen. <laughs> um, what's the name of the what's the name of the house they end up buying on the White well that's the White Caps episode. White Caps, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch out for white caps. Oh, watch out for lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> but again, but again, even there, once the camera work starts to change, we see Vin with kind of greenery, that kind of side of the boat yeah. launch. He's kind of talking in front of that. So a sense of foreshadowing for sure about what's gonna yeah. what's gonna be coming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. Um, do you want to talk about the manipulation piece yes. and then we can talk Let's about some of the like extras? Yeah. Um, I think like there's a lot, like there's so many characters manipulating each other here. I wanted to focus yeah. the most on Livia because yeah. she's actually, well, she's definitely the master of manipulation <laughs> and she's manipulating three main, ca- yeah. well, maybe even four main characters. If you count that very small office manager woman at Green Grove, <laughs> but, um, but she's she's manipulating Tony, she's manipulating Carmela, and she's manipulating Junior. Yeah. And none of them really know that they're being manipulated, but a lot of them can see the other person well, being manipulated. Carmela's so, right. Well, so like so in the in one of the first it. scene well, in one of the first scenes though, yeah. Carmela's on the phone with Livia. Yeah. And she's like, You're not coming? Like, no, come like I, we want you to come. We want you to be here. And Livia's like, no, no, no. And then she goes to Tony and she's like, your mom's not coming. Yeah. And he's like, that's what she wants. Yeah. That, like, she wants the sympathy. Like, that's what she's trying to do. And, Car- yeah. and Carmela's like, I should probably call her back. Right. Right. And Tony's like, that's what she wants you to do. But, yeah. but Carmela is brought into it. Right? right. You even see it when she goes to see Livia later, bringing yeah. the pie from the party. Yeah. Right. Like, she's still like, she feels guilty yeah. that Livia wasn't there. And even in that conversation, like she's, she's rolls her eyes at Livia for the, some some of it. But yeah. you could tell, like as a mother, right? She is also moved by some of the things that Livia is experiencing, right? Yeah. And Livia is using that. She's like, just wait till you're abandoned, yeah. right? Like right. she's using all these things that she knows can manipulate Carmela, yeah. but Carmela can't see herself being manipulated. Yeah. Tony can see Carmela being manipulated. Yeah. Carmela can see Tony being manipulated. Yeah. She she says to Livia, I hate. Like, you know you're doing this to Tony, yeah. right? Like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And I hate to see him like this, and you're killing him. Yeah. Which is a good line also. Yeah. You're killing him. Yeah. Because she is trying to kill him, <laughs> actively trying to kill him. And then with Junior, right? Like, she's so adept at manipulating Junior. And the feelings she has towards Junior, I think, are really complicated. And they even come up kind of from her subconscious, right? When she's talking to Carmela, for example... She says, like, um, something about, like, he's my husband's brother. Like, what would you right. think about me getting, like, what would people think right. about me getting involved in him? And Carmela's like, I didn't say anything about that, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. so it does kind of, like, come out of her subconscious. Yeah. But... Yeah, she and Junior's relationship is really complicated, but she definitely is running Junior. Junior definitely. always seems so confused, and and we get yeah. more into Junior's confusion later. But he's always like, "What? What?" Like, yeah. and he has this like puzzled look on his yeah. face, and his you can see his wheels turning, right? Yeah. But she knows, and then she like she's like, "Ah, what did I say?" You yeah. know, like, well, she, yeah, she definitely knows how to withdraw herself from the situation and come across as this kind of detached, uninvolved person. Yeah, she talks about power. What power? And she's in this chair that I feel like is kind of being identified as like a throne. Yeah. Yeah. She's really the one who's kind of, kind of dictating the direction of a lot of these conflicts. Yeah. Um, And also it was interesting when she said, at least with Junior, I get some purpose in my life, Mm -hmm. which is interesting in terms of her identity as a character, in terms of how she's engaging with these people and how she's involved in these kind of mob affairs. Yeah. 
Well, I, was, I meant to say how she's manipulating that, like, director of Green Groves. I love how Tony shows up and he's like, where's my mom? Yeah. And she's like, she's getting aqua therapy with yeah. the ladies. Like, she's selling herself as this other person yeah. in that environment of Green Groves, right? Right. But doesn't want Tony to know. Yeah. But also, like, does wants to kind of go unsuspecting, yeah. right? Like, she doesn't want to call attention to herself in that environment because right. she can keep doing what she does best. Yeah. She's the one who's having meetings at Greengrove. She's like bringing, she's bringing right. more higher power people than Tony is, right? right? Like she's having all these secret meetings with Tony and with Junior. Yeah. Um, well, it's also interesting. There's that there's that line with Junior where Junior says, "If I don't act," and then Livia actually, uh, or Nancy Marchand, I guess, kind of like actually like actively looks away to down to the bottom right after that. Yeah. I feel like that's the key to her power. It's not so much that she does things, it's that she looks away. Yeah. She she puts things out there and then she lets other people kind of control where they're going to go. Yeah. No, she, I mean, Nancy Marchand is an amazing actor. Um, she, I don't, I, I think, you know, well, with her, but also with a lot of the other actors in this episode, you really just saw their acting chops if you want to call it that because yeah, their faces their faces show this experience of of these ambiguous yeah. moments right like we see tony's face change all oh, these in these really beautifully subtle ways that really show his thought process and we see that with her too like we know when she knows that she's done what she needs to do yeah. and then she does she can put on this yeah. like what are you talking about and yeah. the crying into the tissue and, yeah um but yeah, but the the acting in this episode, yeah. I think Tony and and Livia, yeah. um, pretty incredible. Yeah, James um, Gandolfini, so multidimensional. Like, oh my gosh, so much going on. Yeah, I love actually that first scene where there's that scene where um, Vin McKay is talking about his abuse as a child, and Tony's kind of exasperated and showing his lack of empathy. Also in the first scene, just like little things, like Pussy's walking down after his back is pulled and he's walking slowly down the stairs. Yeah. And just kind of like rolling his yeah. eyes. He's definitely a character. It's interesting because he's definitely a character with a lack of empathy and ability to really care that much about the problems of others, which is ironic because we're so invested in his personal psychological yeah. problems. But then he also can be so caring at times in a way that does draw us to him in a way that makes us yeah. invested in him as a person. Yeah. It makes it hard to hate him. Well, even though he doesn't care about Pussy's back pain, really, I mean, except for like kind of how it impacts him, yeah. he clearly cares about Pussy. He do, well, that's that's a you great know? example in this episode of him really truly caring about something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but outwardly, he's able to kind of show that nonchalance or yeah. whatever the right word I'm looking for is, or just yeah. like disinterest. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing in the manipulation, actually, that was really yeah. interesting was the use of food in scenes. Mm. So you actually had Carmela bringing this ricotta pie to Livia, right. which we've learned is actually a ricotta pie. <laughs> it <laughs> Probably did not know that on a few viewings. Oh, I did. Rigot? Yeah. I well, no, I do know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> and then going to this scene of um, Carmela actually trying to be upfront and to, to, to discuss these issues with Livia and to try mm -hmm. to kind of like take control and to alter the way people are behaving against each other. And then Tony bringing the cannoli to pussy. Mm. In both situations, it's people bringing foods to loved mm. ones. But the food's not really the purpose. It's actually yeah. to kind of like cover over what they're I actually like there for, what their true intentions are. Yeah. Really interesting. That is interesting. Using food as kind of like a tool to mm -hmm. kind of manipulate people or to kind of like get your 
get in the what door. What you actually kind of. want. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, the one, I just had like a minor thing. Um, do we ever get like a four days later again in this show? Hmm. So at the beginning we have like, we have that scene where they get arrested, right? At the, um, whatever it is that's going on. At the No, not at the Bordello, at the pool hall at Jimmy's. Oh, right. Yeah. The FBI raid. Yeah. Where, where is that taking place? I don't really even know. That is at the back room of Satrials. Really? I think so. Yeah. It doesn't look like it. I think so. I feel like it's I'm somewhere else that Jimmy has. I feel like it's like Jimmy's place. No, no, no I don't Jimmy's think so. Jimmy's Corner. Jimmy's Corner. Great bar in New York if anyone's yeah. looking for a place to go in Times Square. Um, anyways, we can, maybe we can confirm that. But anyways, so we, we have that scene there where Jimmy gets arrested, Pussy runs from the FBI, and then ultimately gets arrested. Mm-hmm. And then we have four days later. Right. Yeah. Unusual technique for yeah. this show. And Pussy's out. Yeah. Typically, the show just has such realism in the way it portrays everything. We don't have those kind of techniques used very often. Yeah. So they really I, I don't do know that we out. ever see it again. I don't think so. Do we ever have like four days earlier? That's such a cheap trick. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think the show would do that. That's a great scene too. Actually, I love the the use of music there. They have these kind of like distorted guitars, like kind of tuning up and kind of like yeah. these like blasts of chords. We know it's such a, like a sense of foreboding that something's just about to happen. Yeah. Because it's like this concert's about to start, but yeah, we're not yeah. quite there. Yeah. And then when they kind of kick in the door, they start. What's interesting is that when Pussy leaves, the music goes blank. Right. So it really kind of has a contrast between inside the club where the raid's happening right. and the outside world. Right. I thought that was super effective. Yeah. Why do you think Pussy ran? Well, that's a great question. Because if he's already, like, listen, we have to talk about yeah. this, but spoilers, okay? Unless you've. Well, if, or no, we're just talking about it from the context of this episode. Sure. <laughs> But what do we if, think is but going if Pussy on? wasn't wired at that time, okay, then I understand him running. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe he is wired at this time. So he and he the way he was looking at the FBI agents, he was like yeah. there was these scenes of like him making not eye con well, kind of eye contact. Mm-hmm. Like he was like really looking at all these agents. Yeah. And we see him doing that. Yeah. And then he looks at the it's door. It's too obvious for and the then show, he, though. Sometimes when the show feeds no, you no, things no. that are... <laughs> but, like, I don't... I'm not saying it's yeah. obvious. But I'm saying, like, I don't know why in that situation. If he already knew... Like, if he's already working with the FBI, he would have known that he would have gotten out. They're definitely right? suggesting that. Yeah. Through the way that's that scene is done. But I think that's... But what I don't know why he would have run. That's all. And the guys, a, and then the guys don't know why he ran. They're all like, "Why'd you yeah. run?" And Junior's well, like, "We don't run. That's embarrassing." There's a strong insinuation that he would be wired, and yeah. we've received information that suggests it, and his actions definitely suggest it. But again, what's happening in the show is we don't know. We will yeah. never get to an 100, or certainly not an 110 percent level of clarity. We don't and we have to deal to with that ambiguity. Yeah. And these characters always have to deal with that ambiguity. Yeah. And that's what the show is about. Yeah. There's some other major questions of this show. Does this happen? Does this person die? Right. Perhaps. <laughs> but good questions. Good questions. Yeah. Do they die? Yeah. And I think a lot of people have the tendency to come out and say, for sure, he died. There's this, this, this. And there is evidence for sure. But I don't think Talk that's what this show spoilers. is about. I'm not spoiling anything. 
That's not what the show is about. No, it's I not know. about giving a I black know. and white answer but, to. But they, the show, it's such a genius show because they drive you to try so hard yeah. to try to, to solve these ambiguities, right? That's and the they're, and yeah. they're, un, they're unsolvable. And that's the thing with life, right? They're exactly. unsolvable. That's the. But that's the genius level. of it. That's the that's genius the tr- of it. That's where the yeah. true focus is, I believe. Yeah. It's on that ambiguity well, and it's that on inability. Our, it's on our, it's focusing on our desire yeah. to, to solve those ambiguities, right? Like it's actually yeah. playing with the audience and saying, look at you, fool. Like yeah. you're trying to solve this for so long. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not solvable. Well, and frankly, <laughs> you know? if you look at all the material that this, that's developed in this show, yeah, the themes of ambiguity, of life being mundane at mm-hmm. its core for everybody mm-hmm. this kind of bleak worldview mm-hmm. those are all themes that are so much more developed than the kind of like gangster who killed who yeah. mystery solving element of the show yeah. in fact those elements are like actively repressed so when you watch the show and that becomes the focal point i think it's missing something that is being dealt with and thought about and presented at such a higher level yeah no, it's, there's so many layers to this yeah. show. You really, like, it's, you can think of, like, just that concept in itself on so many, like, on how the characters deal with, on how the audience deals with it. Yeah. Um, what hit, what Chase's intention was. It's really, like, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's our favorite. It's Did our you know favorite that? show. Did you guys know that? We like this show. Um, the only other thing I kind of want to just talk about briefly, mm-hmm. and maybe you have some other things, I just love the scene with, Polly and Pussy again. Like I always forget how little we've seen of Pussy. I know in this show, and I again. This I, is I, almost like his role. I wish. Episode. I it's wish this YouTube channel. I don't think they have Polly up yet, <laughs> but we really see so little of him in this first season, and in this episode, we really see him and his craziness. Right. I love yeah. how he's referred to as a psycho multiple times in this right. episode. <laughs> but Fair. Um, which I think was really funny, also. But he like. That scene at the bathhouse or yeah. whatever, the, uh, the Schwitz, which I, I think, and you know, it is that ambiguity, right? Like on the outside, that is a nice thing to do for your friend yeah. who's experiencing back pain, right? Yeah. And so Polly is manipulating this yeah. situation as well in this like really creepy way. But then he's like, take your clothes off, right? <laughs> um, but that, I don't know, that scene just builds up so much tension, right? You don't know how it's going to resolve. Yeah but you feel this tension being built. Yeah, and and that's a great point because the tension is built and then we're just left with it. Yeah. And that's what this show does. Until that until that second last or whatever scene yeah. when they're like, did he take the schwitz? And they're yeah. like, no, he kept his clothes yeah. on, right? Like, And we're still left with a lot yeah. of ambiguity with that. Tony wants resolution and we as people want resolution, yes. but the show just does not give it to you. Never. And they're experts at playing with tension oh. and development. Yeah. In fa- and it's great actually where the show ends so much tension is built, but we know that there will be some resolution. That's where I mean the show is still a TV show. And the benefit of the serial is the ability to have these kind of like long drawn out arcs mm-hmm. and story narratives that play out in the end. And it's really interesting because they're really putting the drama into play now. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of tension built and we know that something is going to happen. And things happen. do happen. Yeah. The power struggles between Tony and Junior are going to kind of have to come to a head because yep. of the way that tension's well, been built. Well, it's been set up with Mikey, so... Yeah. So I guess we'll we saw, see what happens. We saw Mikey's wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have a video of her, of all of her scenes? I, I think that could be the only one. Maybe there's <laughs> one other. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, two more episodes, right? And we know, we think we mentioned in our last 
episode talk that um, Chase is the master of the penultimate episode. Yeah. So actually, it'll be in our next episode. Some shit's gonna go down. Some shit's, blah, blah, blah. Some shit's gonna go down. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Nope. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And, and that's about it. Look out for oranges. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. There's oranges. <laughs> there will be oranges. Okay. okay. See ya. Bye.